Welcome to the Start Up to Something podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Matt. This is our weekly update where we share the ups and downs of building and growing our bootstrapped online businesses. And sometimes we ramble on about tech. Hey, Mark. Hey, Matt. What's up, dude? How are you? Good, good. Nice. Yourself? I'm great. I'm doing, I had an exceptional week last week, so I'm feeling particularly good. Awesome. Yeah, no, I also also had a better week than last week. That's good. Yeah. Like I've, um, I've been concentrating on what I like to do. So yeah. coding and, and talking to customers. Um, and yeah, and new customers are still arriving and signing up and, and, and I'm, I'm getting a lot of support in, in return. Okay. <laughs> so that's the downside of more customers, but, <laughs> uh, but otherwise the business is doing well. So I think I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I have, like, you know, I've been brainstorming all these side projects that I want to do mm-hmm. and th- this new importer I want to build. So I think I'm ready to like start prototyping the importer. Awesome. So yeah, it's, it's going to be great. That's awesome. Yeah. Another fun thing I did last week is um, I was contacted by, by Carrie Craver. She's, um, she's a no code dev. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, um, she was part of a, a cohort on the on deck no code fellowship. Right. Yeah. Like you might have seen it. The, the, like everyone is pretty active on Twitter about it. Okay. It's basically, it's like a, like a 12 week course, I guess you would call it. It's not really a course, but basically you're, you're followed with these weekly meetings to, to get you from an, you know, to an idea that you can build with no code and then actually, um, guiding you to build it with no code. Right. And then at the end, they have like a big demo day and they show off what they built. And hmm. so, yeah, so she was part of the, the first cohort. And, um, and I guess she, they used to have these meetings like every week where they would just build together or show what they're working on. And, and she really missed that part. Right. Uh, but now that the cohort is over, like she decided, well, she, she was just going to build it on the side herself. Oh, so cool. like, yeah. So she calls it the, the build squads. Nice. And she has, she has one per pretty much one per no code tool. So she has a Webflow one and uh, she has a, a bubble one. Mm-hmm. So, so like last minute, last week she invites me to come to the Webflow one. She okay. says, you know, come just, just come drop by and hang out. And, uh, and Harry, which is one of my customers mm-hmm. was going to show off the, the product that he built, uh, which uses power importer. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you could just, just be there to answer questions or, so I really didn't know what to expect. Like, what, mm-hmm. like I don't have like, a sales deck or I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm not, I'm not going to sell anything, but so I said, whatever, I'll, I'll go, I'll go check it out. Mm. And yeah, it was so much fun seeing nice. one of your customers showing what they built. Wow. Uh, and then, and yeah, and everything went perfectly well, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for, for power importer, like everything was working right. and, and every question he had, like I was able to answer. Cool. And yeah, it went really well. That's fantastic. How many people were at the event? Uh, maybe eight people. Okay. Yeah. Like some, some people show up, um, and then, and then leave. Like it's two hours long. So people, mm. th- they don't have to stay for the whole two hours. Mm. That's super cool. 
Yeah. It's, and it's weekly. Like, I think I'm, I'm just going to go back every, <laughs> I'm going to go back this week and we'll see. Like, just, just, uh, just seeing people build stuff with Webflow, first of all, is always inspiring and always gives me new ideas for <laughs> other things I can build. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just, just that will be fun. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. I'm just thinking out loud, like getting to see people that are using Webflow in new and interesting ways and that are out there that are trying to build products and everything is, is like yeah. what a it's like a gold mine for for uh new use cases and and pain yeah, that they're exactly. dealing with. Yeah. And even then like you know people were asking me questions and then I was like, yeah, these these are good questions. I should document these answers and put them on the website. Mm. So yeah, it was definitely very productive and, and it was enjoyable and I think I'll you know, do do it again every, this week for sure, and see if I, if it's an ongoing thing. Mm. You know, I mean, there's also the whole loneliness thing of working on your own. Yeah. So, an excuse to hang out with people is a, is a good excuse. Yeah. Oh no, that's super cool. That love, man, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that so that yeah. So that's what I did. Uh, I also spoke with lots of customers for support calls, but also just uh, just talking about uh, like helping them out what they're trying to build. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there was Anthony. Anthony launched his uh, 100 users in 100 days challenge. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so the the goal is to to basically to create these these uh, mas- mastermind smaller groups, like private groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we're all going to be trying to get a hundred new paying customers in a hundred days. Mm. So some people, I mean, they, they don't even have a, they don't have a single customer yet. So they're really, this is going to be their push to, to hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, like, I don't like hustle. <laughs> <laughs> so, at, so at first I, I didn't want to join, like, you know, like it's, I don't know, like I, these past few months, I've really had a tendency to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which is good for opportunities. Yeah. But I think at one point you have to start saying no mm-hmm. to be more productive, right? So, yeah. So in this case, my first reflex was, yeah, let's do it. And then after that, I started thinking, but no, I don't want to do it. Like, I, you know, I, I've just last week I was complaining about how I found it stressful to do all this marketing and I wasn't happy and it wasn't good for my mental health. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this is this is totally in the wrong direction. Like I need to to concentrate on my on working on the product and, and mm. my side pro, side project ideas. So I did. So I, so I had decided. No, I'm not going to do it. But then then I decided. But I really like the idea of like hanging out with people every week. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, and talking about growth and talking about you know what's working with people, what's not working. And yeah. So so. I, so I decided, okay, I'm going to join it. I mean, it's an easy decision. It's free, right? So, mm-hmm. so I'm going to join and I'll definitely do the weekly meetings, but I'm not going to do the, the public leaderboard. Right. So basically where you, every week you report how many new paying customers you have mm-hmm. and, and then you're on a leaderboard. So it's like, that's the competition. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to do that part because that's just going to be stressful and, and it's going to, Push me in the wrong direction for mm. my mental health. Like, oh yeah, yeah, totally. So I'll just yeah participate, and and my goal is also what I was afraid of is that I would 
fall into this like daily grind of trying to get customers. Mm-hmm. And that's not at all what I want to do. I, I, what I want to do is work on product. But I think it will be motivation enough to work on product with the goal of getting more customers. So just, you know, like just work on the product, put, put out new importers, mm-hmm. like create new importers, create the side projects I want to build are also they're, they're like marketing by engineering. So it's yeah. not, it's not just a side project for the fun of it. Right. So I think being part of this challenge will just remind me that why I'm doing these side projects and why I'm building these new importers. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully I'm just going to hope that the customers come. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're already coming on their own. So if I just put more features out there, more value out there, hopefully it will equal to a hundred new customers in a hundred days. Yeah. But because I'm not part of the leadership leaderboard and uh, like, I'm just not going to care if I don't reach it. Yeah. Yeah. You can focus on the right thing. You can get all the, exactly. the benefits of the community, but focus on the, the thing that you exactly. want. Exactly. That's it. I want, I want community first and, uh, Actually, achieving the the goal is not is not really my goal. Yeah. Do you know how Anthony is making the cohorts up? Like, do you know how many people will have you been assigned your cohort already? No, not yet. Okay. No, t- today was the product hunt launch, mm-hmm. and it starts officially starts tomorrow. So that's Tuesday, April twentieth. And I think it. I, I mean, from the small details I saw, I think it's just going to randomly group us by time zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, just so we can have a, a weekly meetup. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence of if I want to join or not. I, <clears throat> I've been very reflective <coughs> recently about, I mean, even with F-bars, I've been thinking a lot about value and what people value and why they value it. I think one of the things that is, even when I got started with the consulting business, one of the things I always found very difficult was you're kind of, it feels like I want to be a little more certain about people's willingness to pay for something. And even with something like F-bars, you know, it's like it, the product, the the prototype was very simple. So I wrote it before I did really rigorous research. So I have yet to, it's still not validated, but I guess I'm kind of looking forward to the next products and I'm thinking, I, I guess I'm, I'm still kind of waiting around in terms of like, what community do I want to serve and how much do I know about them? And what about distribution? And like, I feel very lost right now. Like I'm racing towards the end of my consulting work so I can begin kind of tackling that. But I've already begun to think, you know, like, it'd be nice to start writing. <laughs> be nice to start, start figuring some of this out, you know, understanding what is the next thing I want to, I want to tackle. Cause I, I think, I came up with a very interesting idea for F-bars um, recently, just thinking that, you know, I've kind of been playing it, the the red carpet concierge model things of like, oh, well, you can pay for this and your, cli- your clients will really like it because <laughs> it saves them all this time and you can give them a referral code or whatever. Like it, it was kind of, it felt very vitamin-like and vitamins are okay versus painkillers, but I really want to find the person for which this is a painkiller. And I realized that, oh, actually, I think I can turn this into a value proposition to have the, uh, the, the accountants make money. So like, oh, it turns out you can give the, you could white label them fbars.app and they give it to their clients and their clients don't pay anything up front. It's only in the final invoice that the, the accountant can say, 
oh, cool, you use this product that's, or, you know, they just create a FBARS entry in there as a line item and they say, you know, that will be $120 or something like that. And, and th- so now it's an upsell sell that they make for their clients. And as soon as I started thinking about it as an upsell, I was like, oh, that's actually way more compelling to be able to say, hey, there's this product and you can actually make a little bit more money off of it. Um, so as soon as I heard that, I was, as soon as I heard that, as soon as I thought about that, I thought, oh, that's actually way more compelling. I, I need to attack from that angle. Um, but I guess it's still very ethereal of just like, oh, that's something that I think <laughs> is interesting, but I don't know if, if accounts think that it's interesting. So I'm still kind of like, because there's that uncertainty, I'm still water, wandering around in the mist of just like, what is it that people find valuable? And like, I feel like whenever I get existential like this, I always kind of like sit down and think, why do we buy anything? <laughs> and it's like, I'm trying to answer this like academically. I, I don't know if it's right or wrong to do that, but it's very, I've been thinking a lot lately about, especially after last week, when we talked about doing the things that we enjoy, I was chatting with another friend who listens to this podcast and he was saying, um, you know, like you guys are engineers, like you have all this strength, like you write more code, maybe partner with a marketer. And I've really been racking my brain to think about that of it really is true. Like we're engineers and I have so much value I can bring to the world through my engineering. But like, what, how do I turn that into value? Like, how do I turn that in that engineering talent into value that other people find valuable? I don't, it, I don't know. I, I feel like I have this web of like very loose concepts that I'm trying to tie together into something that I can start a business <laughs> around or monetize. I, I don't know. I'm kind of rambling at this point, but it's, I, I haven't thought the, I need to do a little bit of writing and kind of reflect on where, where my thoughts are, but I just feel like <laughs> taking it back to 100 users in a hundred days <laughs> kind of went existential there for a second, but I feel like going into this, I'm just not ready to like try to get a hundred customers for anything except for F bars, F bars. And even then, like I feel more pressure or I feel more guilt from pressure than anything else. So I don't necessarily want to have people, uh, I, I feel a little bit, I, I don't know that I'm as strong as you. I think being able to go in and have a community and say, Oh, it's fine. I'm not shooting for the leaderboard. I'm too competitive to get in and be like, <laughs> I can't not shoot for it. And then just make myself feel guilty because I'm busy with multiple things. Right. Seeing how. How miserable you were from not winning the microconf exactly. <laughs> contest. <laughs> you wouldn't want me to lose 100 users in 100 days. <laughs> but no, it, it doesn't sound like the right thing for you right now because you, you don't have, you don't have any paying customers. Yeah. You still have to prove that, you know, you have yeah. a product market fit. Yeah. And I guess, I guess that's it. it. You, you said it a lot more succinctly than I did. It's just like, I'm still validating. I don't have any paying customers. It doesn't make sense to try to race for paying customers when I, when I'm in the, when I'm at this point, yeah, I love the idea though. I love Anthony's ability to bring together people and form community and that kind of thing. I, I think yeah, he's really good no, at it's, it. It's really a superpower. This is the best community I've been part of so far online, and yeah, these it's it's nice to see that he's still creating these these other things. Mm. I've I actually yesterday had a new business idea, um, so we can we can talk about it and. Maybe edit it out yeah. of the podcast if if you want to run with it. Sounds good. <laughs> but because uh, yeah, because I I keep I mean this this is a problem I've had in the past, and I keep hearing other people have the same problem. You know, as as developers, they like to build, but they don't like to market. Mm. And I've seen a few places where they they tried to like match marketers to developers. Mm. 
and I've never really seen like a like a done for you recipe. I mean, a bit like the on deck fellowship recipe, where you could just you could just match a marketer to you know have like a, like a kind of blind date kind of speed dating thing where we have marketers being matched with developers, mm-hmm. and then if they decide to do it together, like they they commit to like oh, I'm gonna work one day a week on this, but they start working on it together at the same time. Mm-hmm. So the marketer starts working on the landing page and on on the copy and on the the messaging and all that and testing the water mm-hmm. while the developer is working on the prototype and then they launch an MVP together and yeah there you go you got you built a business in whatever so many weeks together mm-hmm. so a bit like how Anthony runs the like the founders club you'd have people signing up and they you know they when they sign up they say whether they're a marketer or a developer mm-hmm. And then they say whether they have an idea or not. So maybe they don't have an idea, but they're willing to run with someone else's idea mm-hmm. or vice versa. And then, yeah, you just have this like a few weeks of like of speed dating. So where you, you randomly match a marketer with a developer and they, they schedule a, a meetup together and they, they chat. And if the, if there's a spark, <laughs> then they decide, all right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, you, then you have exactly what the plan's going to be. Like, you know, everyone that signed up has committed to spending at least one day a week. Yeah. I'm always hesitant to get into like dating kind of things like this just because I, I want to work with people I know. So like meeting somebody, meeting somebody like this would frighten me because it's like, oh, I'm getting into business with this person that I, I'm getting married to this person that I don't really know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little more open-minded about it these days. Hmm. Having, I mean, having interviewed a bunch of marketers, like, you know, there's, there was very few of them that I did not like. Like, mm. like they, they were all seen, of, of, I mean, they all seem very open minded. And I don't know. I've, being part of these communities, I feel like I, I trust people more <laughs> these days. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cause- but you're right. I mean, there is, there's definitely, yeah, like they would have to all be people that have public personas. So, like, you know, you're not just, teaming up with a complete nobody that's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the things I've been finding is, especially with the uh, Founders Club and, and, and everything, I've been thinking about just going deep with a few more people. Like I, I realized when I was back when I was working a job, um, I found that I got really good results from recruiters by befriending one or two of them and really just like, going deep with those recruiters and catching up with them every half year or something like that to be like, Hey, how's it going? Like, what's the industry look like? Like, what are you getting exposed to? What are you seeing? And then I can kind of say the same thing. Oh, I'm seeing this and I'm reading and I'm seeing my friends or this is happening and really just kind of really investing in one relationship to, to understand the, the, the ecosystem better. And I got really interesting results now, like, you know, my, the, one particular recruiter who's become a friend started his own recruiting company and uh, we throw business back and forth to each other, which is cool. Um, and then, but I've been thinking about it with like some of the relationships I've, I've made through, well, I mean like our relationship hearts <laughs> through, through Indie Hackers Montreal, but also like my friend Jim, who I met through Founders Club, who's an, a prolific designer, a wonderful human being. 
Um, and yeah, to see him winning is super cool. So, and it's just like to know, to go deep with him and speak with him about things. I think like, oh, I'm getting so much like out of the relationship, I suppose. I'm just, right. I, I just love going deep with people. And now I'm seeing, uh, all of a sudden I saw some, a marketer join the Indie Worldwide, um, Founders Club and, I was like a marketer, like somebody who came, who was straight. I just assumed everyone here was a developer, <laughs> so right. I I'm trying to get matched with her so I can chat and 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 <laughs> go deep on more marketing concepts of just like oh you know I'd love to just talk to somebody who's doing it because it's really interesting to like listen to podcasts of people who are marketing like that's great but I'm really interested to do more two way flow. Um, I met a, a super cool lady through Founders Club uh, two weeks ago who is a product person and asking her about like, wow, actually I forgot that product management was a thing and that th- this kind of thing exists. I just see myself as a developer and it's like, tell me about product. So I really, uh, it was an interrogation <laughs> more than it was, <laughs> more than it was a conversation, but it was really nice because now I can, I feel I can send her an email and say, Oh, I actually have a question or what would you do in this case? Or what do you think of this book? Or do you have a recommendation? So it's, going deep and investing in a relationship like this, I, I'm starting to feel like, man, I need to find more people I can go deep on, go deep with. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, wouldn't this be a perfect opportunity to meet a bunch of marketers? Because like, I don't know about you, but for Founders Club, like, you know, within five, 10 minutes of a conversation with someone, you know whether it clicks or not, right? Yeah. Like, like I've, I've met some people where it's so obvious from like – like a few minutes within, they're just there to get leads, mm. and they they fall into their pitch, and you're like, and and thankfully those are few. Like there's yeah. there's very few of them. Like most of the time, it's quality people in Founders Club. Mm-hmm. But yeah, a few weeks ago, I had someone totally hard selling me, like like going through a sales script. Like <laughs> seriously, yeah. do you do you use LinkedIn? <laughs> oh no! It's like you add, no, you actually, use the L word with Mark. Yeah. It's like, no, actually, I don't use LinkedIn. Oh, well, actually, a lot of people use LinkedIn for lead generation. It's like, dude, I just told you I don't use LinkedIn. What's going on here? And then, oh, fuck, this is a sales pitch. <laughs> I was like, dude, I, I totally called them out on it in the end. Like, dude, did you? are you here to sell? Like, <laughs> Oh, man. And then he was like, oh, yeah, sorry, I have a hard time turning it off, you know. But then the conversation died, like, yeah. I had nothing else to talk about. Of course it did. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, yeah, you're just here to sell. So, sorry. Yeah. But anyways, like, but yeah, some people that it, it, it just click right away. Like I thought this would be an opportunity to, yeah, to find, to, to give you that optionality. That's a good point. Talking, talking to lots of people and then, you know, maybe it leads to nothing. Maybe, mm. you know, you didn't click with anyone. You didn't like any of the ideas. No one liked your ideas. Yeah. It's like that in itself is probably, valuable enough yeah totally well yeah i guess that's it it's getting getting exposed to people and like yeah, finding exactly. people that you click with yeah that's very true and at least everyone there is is like has agreed to to like a, a social contract right they've all agreed that i'm there to 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 partner up with someone so already you have to be someone that's open-minded and willing to and then yeah hopefully you you meet someone it clicks and then you decide to do this dedicate 12 weeks to to build something yeah yeah maybe i just need to think more about this 
because you're you're right. You've described a thing that I really like doing. <laughs> like I really like meeting people and investing in relationships. So how can I do more of that and potentially find a a a, a, a business partner or you know a, somebody who's as serious as I am about starting something and working for themselves and figure out how to collaborate. Yeah, but it's it's hard if it's not, you know, this like speed dating kind of model. Like because mm. like, you know, if you join a community like Swipe File, let's say, and your goal is to meet marketers and and your long-term goal is to meet a co-founder, um, you know, maybe like 95% of the people there are not looking for that at all. Like mm. they're just there to to share marketing learnings and Yeah. So, like, you know, there's a mismatch there. It's just going to be. Yeah, because I guess that's maybe that's part of my problem. I, I've always kind of operated in, well, let them come to me. I'm the developer. But, but like, yeah. not that, I mean, it, it makes it sound more pretentious than I mean it. But to say, like, oh, well, you know, I'm not necessarily doing work to go out and find where these marketers live and where they hang out and what they talk about and that sort of thing. It's like I've been relying on serendipity so far to meet these people founders club indie hackers to some degree um all these sorts of things so yeah if i can because if i were to start a uh, a service like this for example knowing where marketers are and where they're hanging out and that sort of thing is, is something i would need i would need to realize and i would need to bring them to this to the table yeah <clears throat> well you might be very easily able to promote to recruit people on swipe files mm. I'm just thinking to myself how funny it is that we're like, God, if only I could find a marketer. And I'm sure everybody else is like, oh, God, if only I could find a developer. Exactly. <laughs> Guys. That's it. I mean, I I hear it all the time while listening to podcasts, right? Like these these developers that build things and then, oh, but I hate the marketing and mm. I just want to build. Like, <laughs> And I'm sure it's the complete opposite with like marketers. Mm. They're like, sure, I could learn how to build it with no code, but really, I just want to market. <laughs> I just want to, I just want to, you know, do content marketing and I want to be active in communities and recruiting people. And I don't want to learn how to use Webflow and push around pixels and <laughs> yeah, food for thoughts. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to make a note of it and kind of add it to my ever-growing cauldron of thoughts and ideas that are just kind of swirling around that have yet to take shape. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I get so many ideas all the time while listening to podcasts or like often it's not even about what people are talking about. Mm. <laughs> there's just, there's just something about when I'm walking the dog and I have, I have a podcast that's like sort of like drowning out the world mm. and, and not just like usually start daydreaming and, just thinking about other things. And sometimes it'll just be, you know, just from one sentence that someone said, and then that's it. I'm gone for the rest of the episode. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I always, I mean, I, I, I write down all these ideas, but having launched lots of things in my, in my time that have gone nowhere, I, I, I'm very conservative with yeah. what I launch. Yeah. So, I mean, so the, this idea here, like I just had it yesterday. So I was all excited when I got it. And I was like, yeah, I could, I, I could maybe dedicate one day a week, you know, to, to do this with someone. Yeah, because it, it actually, it'd be really funny to find a marketer and then build this thing with together with another with a marketer. <laughs> so, like, yeah. had had to have both sides of the uh, have both sides of the right. equation. 
It'd be very meta. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you should do it. So yeah, I was thinking like you know, but then how can I, like how can I justify doing this? Right? Like I already have other side project ideas and mm. and new importers I want to create for Power Importer. Mm. Then I thought, um, you know, maybe Power Importer can be because the first idea I had was when you create this this cohort of people, like maybe the very first cohort would be no code devs and marketers. Mm-hmm. And so that in that case, well, then Power Importer can be the sponsor of, of this event. And, and then maybe the no coders will use Power Importer to build the MVP. Right. So that's the only idea I had to tie them together. But then I was like, ah, it's not, uh, it's, I don't think it's enough. I think the other side projects I have are a better fit. Right. Yeah. I've been kind of lining up <clears throat> what I want to do after my vacation. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still thinking about F-bars and stuff, but <clears throat> one of the things that I've really been weighing a lot is what to do with all the shred knowledge that I've accumulated over the last year. And I've really been kind of thinking, I wonder what people, like, how can I take this and just get everything that I've done out into the world? I've been thinking about either writing a book, like a, uh, an ebook, and including as much detail as I can uh, about everything. And then, you know, like, I've been thinking about how to distribute something like that. Like, how do I drive traffic to it? That sort of thing. And I've been considering doing it through... There's a ton of incubators, accelerators uh, in Canada, because I'm specific to Canada. So, like, to approach some of them and be like, hey, I wrote a book. Um, it's really helpful. Maybe using the the shredability site for, um, you know, as a, as a funnel, basically, and just, like selling a book on everything with examples and case studies and just, yeah, calculators, like everything that I've, things I've paid for to have built, um, that I've consulted with accountants on, like all these kinds of things and just making it, you know, making a book or publishing it into a site and just having the site be as comprehensive as possible. Basically like those free technical, um, like technical books that you see online, chapter one, chapter two in the, in the left nav, and then just like being able to browse all of it. But I've been thinking about, you know, what I, I really don't want this knowledge to go to waste. I think it's very valuable. Like all the research I've done, all of the links I've collected, like just all the little edge cases that I've mapped out in my head and written down. It'd be really useful to be able to get the word out and, and have it be something valuable that people can use. I think it'd be interesting as well to have an info product and try to drive traffic to it because it's like, oh, I have a thing. It can't crash. <laughs> it just... right. It just exists. But I think it's something really useful that I think a lot of companies that are getting started in Canada could use as a, as a primer. Because it's like, I, you know, talking with, I feel like right now at least, you go to the Government of Canada website and like that's your source, which is brutal because it's so technical and, and wishy-washy. Yeah. It's not like, how does it apply to me? Like as a technical founder, how does this apply to me? So yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about that quite a lot. How long would it take you to write a book? That's a really good question. I've never written a book before, but all of the things that I have are things. Like all of the research I have, sites, links, documents I have, forms, everything is I have it all already. It's just like taking it and organizing it. I think it would probably take me a few months to write it, but you know, maybe I dedicate a day or two a week to writing a book and then um the rest of the 3 days just maybe chatting with people or figuring out how do I distribute something like this? Or maybe even like, maybe I can do it in multiple phases. Like 
Well, I I don't know. I, I guess maybe the right thing to do here is maybe time box it and say, all right, I'm going to put down as much as I can and see how I get how far I get in two weeks. And if I've got something that I can easily say, okay, it's another one week and it's done, then okay, maybe then I can say, all right, I've got this book. Like, what can I do with it? Um, you could start pre-selling it on Gumroad. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Because I have access to this whole, um, to the incubator I went through, uh, District 3. Um, there's a ton of tech companies coming in coming in and going. Not all of them make it, some do. Um, but price it accordingly. So it's like, okay, you're about to start claiming shred. You're going to be okay spending $20 on a book or something like that from somebody who has helped companies go through it. Yeah. Like back, like a, just a napkin estimate. Do you have an idea of like what the what the total payout could be from a product like this? So, for example, at District Three, I did a remote cohort like a year. Is it a year ago? I don't even remember. Probably, and there were thirty teams, I believe, in my cohort, and that's one incubator th- through one school. So, I'm sure if there was one. Let's say that there's one in every school and maybe one out of, I don't know, like, I wonder, I guess I could run the numbers, but like, cause I don't know what a conversion rate for something like this would look like. Cause you, you would need right. to, <laughs> this is only going to apply to people who even begin making money or get to a position where they think, oh, we're actually making money. I, I'm, I'm in a position where shred is applicable to me. Um, you see yourself as a business, therefore paying for something like this would make sense. Cause it's, cause, uh, don't you have to have employees? Yeah, uh, you you can have yourself. You can shred yourself if you're just one person. But the shred yourself, shred yourself. <laughs> Name of my next book: Shred Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> How to lose weight and shred yourself. <laughs> uh, you yeah, it would seem it would seem like a lot of these these companies coming out of incubators would not have employees. Well, even if they did have employees, like even if they listed themselves as employees, you have to pay yourself. In order for this to be considered useful, or well, in order to qualify for shred, there needs to be salary expenditure as the basis of <laughs> as the basis of uh, of what you get refunded. So figuring out like, okay, what do people want, and you know, is this something that people would pay for? Like, I, I have a pretty good feeling now because I've spoken to so many people as part of you know because I went through this cohort after the after the cohort ended, I had several people message me and say. Hey, how do I do that shred thing? And, you know, a few of them were my friends or people I knew half well. So they would message me and I'd be like, okay, you know, I'll kind of give you a quick primer for free. Because for me at the time, the business was doing the ongoing business or doing the ongoing service. So giving information like that was, it was, for me, it was free. It was fine. But I'm thinking about, you know, so you start to make some money, you're considering shred. How do we, you know, what do you need to know? Everything that you need to know about getting started. Um, I have no idea what a price point for something like this would look like, but even still, like, cause I know one of the big topics that people talk about is how do I pick a consultant? And it's very interesting to think about the incentives, like, uh, the incentive of a consultant versus your incentives. And like, what does it mean to have a more liberal versus a conservative consultant? And what does that mean for you and your potential returns and audit rates and that sort of thing? And I think there's a lot, like, unless you know the industry, that's something that you're just you're not going to understand. You just don't understand the ecosystem enough to be able to make that call or to understand what a consultant is doing for you. And I think that's incredibly valuable. I think that's a very interesting thing to know. Um, so yeah, 
even if it's not a book and I just write everything up in a living web page and it just kind of evolves over time and I just add chapters to it and link it around to people, that's not so bad. Um, I just think it would be a shame to, to have it all go to waste just because oh, I'm done doing, I stopped doing shred. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting mindset. Yeah. I, yeah. Is it like a, a sunk cost fallacy? It's a good question. I hadn't really thought about it like that. I think what I'm looking at is <clears throat> if I wanted to keep this business going and change it, well, I mean, you know, pivot the business somehow, <clears throat> I think I probably could, but I've realized that this is just not the business that I want to do. But I definitely see the value in what it is that I've done and all the research that I've put in. That I, I really believe that the service I was offering was very valuable. And I saw a lot of the people around me that were getting started that needed information and they didn't really know they needed to be talked to as a technical person. It's like, okay, well, this, this program exists, but what does that, I'm not an accountant. What does this mean for me? Help me understand what this is. It's like, I do R and D help me to get it. And the problem is that everybody wants you to talk to them. So it's like, oh, I, I can either go to the government of Canada's website. Oh my God, kill me. Or I have to start talking to a consultant and they're going to be kind of vague until I hire them. And even then, they'll kind of lay out the process. But it's like, what am I really in for by talking for these consultants? I don't know. I, I'm not really answering your question. Your your question is, is this a sunk cost fallacy? My argument for, my argument in favor of yours is it could be. Maybe I just overweight the amount of value that this information has. And my argument against is this information is actually not easy to understand. And consultants are somebody that you're choosing to do business with. And I don't, sometimes it's like, well, do I need to? I don't, I, the, the system is so opaque that it's not clear what you need and what you don't. And when your only sources are like the government of Canada, then you're kind of making decisions with incomplete knowledge. And for somebody like, I think about myself, I'm a researcher. I want to go out and understand what's going on and everything. It took me months and months of conversations and, and uh, reading and, and link building and everything to understand what it was I was seeing and what the system actually entailed. And I think that that research I did has value. I don't know how much value, but I think it does have value. I mean, I, I, I know nothing about it, mm. but I, I would take your word for it that, yeah, what, what you've learned definitely is valuable and you should be proud of, of the, the filtering that you've done and the, the processing of that information and turning it into knowledge, into knowledge. Mm. But, you're falling back into that pattern of like creating a product before talking to customers. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cause I don't have a, it's not like I have a following to market something like this and where I can just be exactly. like, Oh yeah, I understand. And I know, but yeah, no, you're, you're completely right. And, and I mean, I think you could just be proud of what you've done mm. with shred so far mm. and move on. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I think it, it would, I don't think you're losing anything from, no. If you did that, mm. like it's, it's great. It's, it was a great learning experience. You should be proud of how you were able to take this thing that's confusing and, and the information out there is suboptimal and you were able to, to process it all and, and, and you were actually able to consult people on it. Mm. That's, that's a great achievement. But now, like, now you're falling back into the pattern of, mm. okay, I got this thing. That I could build, like I could write a book. Yeah, like it's, it's, you already know what it, the product is. Yeah. It's a book. Totally. Uh, maybe maybe it'll just take me three weeks to write, or mm. but you still don't know. Are people willing to pay for it? Absolutely. Or, um, how are you going to reach them? Mm. Yeah, that's very true. I would need to put a lot more 
energy into distribution again. So I'm not falling back into the same problem, same behavior. Yeah. So, I mean, good point. Maybe you could put up a book outline on Gumroad and pre sell it and then contact that one incubator and see if if they'd be willing to promote it. Mm. Like that's the bare minimum. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just just try, start testing the channels. Is it actually a channel that would work? Mm. Cool. All right, maybe I'll let that bake a little bit longer. Yeah, because that yeah, that's uh, you put it you put it lovely and you, you put it you said it in a lovely way. Like it's it's an achievement to go out and do these things, and maybe that's the achievement. <laughs> yeah, achievement exactly. unlocked. It's, <laughs> yeah, you did it. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, very true. Because yeah, I mean these days you've been talking about more the the developer community. It's a community that you like, and yeah, some. That would that would that could be your next challenge is building an audience, talking to people. Yeah, yeah. Whatever I need to do, I need to be talking to way more people, way more often. <laughs> I know that that's. I mean, yeah. I've been thinking a lot about even just having lunch with people in network, or something I've been considering is you know going into full research phase of like asking for founder club matches multiple times per week. Oh, okay. Like just anything that I can do to get out there to talk to more people. Um, I've been re- I really am very interested in the Dev.2 community. I've been watching them for a while. A random little factoid: um, Ben Halpern, the guy who started or one of the founders of Dev.2. I went to high school with him. He was a year behind me in school. He sat no yeah, he sat behind me in math. <laughs> I think in math eleven, he sat behind me. No, was that Bart? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Like yeah, we yeah we were school together. It's really funny. Um, but I've been watching that community evolve and it's, there's a lot there. That's a very interesting community. And it, I feel like it's moderated particularly well. Like it, it doesn't feel like a stack overflow of just like, oh, if only you'd, that is an incorrect usage of that bean. You should use this instead or whatever. Like just, yeah, condescending crap. Um, so I've been really interested to like do some writing there or, or I don't know, like I, yeah, people feel very engaged. It feels like a very engaging community. I think that's where I'm, I'm headed with that. And it feels, feels like a really good opportunity to meet more developers, more technical people. So yeah, trying to figure out how to start conversations there. I know that you followed the 30 by 500 yep. course. Yep. Like, have you ever done any safaris? <sighs> yeah, so this is a very interesting topic. So <clears throat> well, maybe you should explain what. Yeah, what oh yeah, first. yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay. So 30 by 500 is uh it's a paid course from Amy Hoy and Alex Hillman uh around basically how do you build a following? For, well, for yeah, how, first of all, how do you build a following? And then eventually leading into how do you brainstorm uh, offerings and potential products product ideas for that audience and then how to launch it. Um, so their thing, their, uh, their thing, their course talks about, you know, you go on safari, you, you are going to, you are going to find water holes where your audience hangs out. So, oh, if my audience is, uh, developers who are like DBAs, for example, database administrators. Okay. Well, what, what subreddits do they hang out in? Where do they go to Stack Overflow? Are there Slack groups? Where do they live? You observe them. They, they give, the course is really cool. You can, they teach you how to read posts and, um, understand people's pain, understand the language they're using, understand the different problems they're having, and then write 
posts that are fixing their problems, research them, um, give them examples, talk about what it is that you're solving. And eventually, you know, building an email list, sending emails to that list, building a product and launching to your, to your email list. And I started the course and I'll admit the, the thing that they talk about in the very beginning is, especially in the beginning, people get stuck picking their audience. And the course creator, like Alex and Amy are like, don't worry about what you pick. It's not that important to begin with. Like, don't get hung up on this. And I'm like super hung up on it. I don't know that I even ever got past it. Like I, I, I completed, oh, wow. I completed the course. Like I went through it and they teach you like, okay, you know, you want to, they kind of talk about like when you're writing a blog, like what's the minimal, minimal you need? Because I, they know their audience and they know their audience is developers and developers are like, oh, I'm going to write this. I'm going to rewrite the site using this and this and this rather than deliver value, which is the whole point of what, it, why you're there. So I've been, I got really stuck. Because when I was approaching things at the time, when I was approaching the, the course at the time, I was burnt out and I was thinking like, well, when I, when they, when, when they talk about selecting your audience, you know, you need to be in the audience and they kind of go through the definition of what an audience is. And I really didn't have a lot of confidence uh, that I had something to say to contribute to the, to a community of my peers of the audience that I'm in. I always felt like a fraud and. I never really got past it. Like I, I watched the whole course and, you know, you're supposed to be shipping these, they call them e-bombs, taking pieces of, uh, taking pain from things that you're from threads you're finding from where people are hanging out and delivering blog posts that are solving that particular problem or talking about how to solve that particular problem. And I just always felt like a fraud. And now that I've been doing consulting and everything over time, what I'm realizing is demonstrating your authority in something is really good. <laughs> like whether you're selling to businesses or you're selling to individuals, it showing that you're an authority in something is just good. It, like there's a lot of goodwill there because there's things that become accessible to you. Oh, you're a developer and you've showed you've shown your chops at being a developer. You could speak at a developer conference. Oh, it turns out that becomes a door that's open to you. There's all sorts of accessibility things, ways that you can access new and more diverse audiences. And so all that to say, I've never done the program the way it was meant to be done. I think I kind of thought I don't want to start an audience because I'm afraid of writing. I'm afraid that people are going to ridicule me. <laughs> um, and can't I skip this audience crap and <laughs> sell to people directly? Because if I'm solving a problem, I don't need to have 50 articles over three years showing that I've, that I'm a professional at this or that I know what I'm doing. And I think that was just a rejection. Like I was just rejecting the process. Right. <laughs> it turns out like, yeah, you can do both. You can actually write and build your authority and, and help people and deliver value. And then, cause their whole idea is the idea of the course is stop thinking about products, go out and learn as much as you can about a group of people that you, that you're a part of, that you like, that you respect, and then do some sort of fix storming based on the things that you're coming to understand about them at the watering hole, at the yeah. watering hole. And I've just never stuck with it. I've, yeah, I've, I've just fall time and time again, because writing, writing is a thing that's, that frightens me. Um, Putting myself out there scares me. But you want to write a shred book? But I want to write a shred book. Well, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, 
think the reason that I'm more interested in writing a book like that is, well, okay, to, to backtrack a little bit, my attitude towards this has changed quite a lot. I, so I mentioned my friend Jim, Jim Zardakis, who I met uh, through Founders Club, He's a prolific designer, awesome dude. And he told me something once we were meeting. He was saying like, I, I just know that there's so many people out there that need help. And I know that I can help them. I don't have to be the best freaking designer in the world. That is not a prerequisite to helping people. And I just thought like, wow, yeah, you're, you're kind of right about that. Like for my whole dev career, it's always been like, well, I'm not the best Java developer in the entire world. So therefore I, I have nothing to add to this conversation. And I know that that's not true, but part of me thinks like, oh, but audiences are fickle and you know, people just want a reason to crap on each other, that sort of thing. But the more, especially after talking to Jim, I look at this and think, I have a lot to say. I have a lot, a lot to say, especially about a lot of subjective things. Like in my kind of ideas notebook for a while, I would love to, and maybe this is a better place to start, but talking to people, talking to engineers about their feelings, like I love talking about my feelings. It makes me feel great to, helps me work through the things that I'm thinking about. And just realizing that like, I mean, I've, I feel like I've had a perpetual list of topics to write about, but one of them is I was pissed off, so I quit. <laughs> and just like this, this vicious cycle of getting pissed off and quitting. And like, we do this, like I did it. <laughs> like how many other of my peers also did it? And it's the idea that there's this problem that we need to solve the problems we have inside before we can, before we can deal like everything. Otherwise, everything else just becomes a cycle. We just, we just get pissed and quit over and over again, and we don't really grow. We don't get any better, and we just miss out on opportunities as a result. But this yeah. this sounds like a great idea. Why don't you run with this? I honestly, I I I want to. I've just been I've been busy with the consulting. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. But no, I I because yeah, because if, if you follow Jim's recipe, right? Mm-hmm. Jim started off by hanging out at indie hackers and offering to do like thirty minute. What, what was it? What was it like a UX? Yeah, UX design teardown, yeah, or yeah, UX. You know, yeah. like just offering it for free. Yeah, and then he got to talk with people. Yeah, <laughs> and then eventually he had enough to write an ebook, and and now actually I haven't been following him recently, but I don't know what he's doing now. But yeah, yeah, now he's. It seems like he, you know, he's picked a niche and he's he's going with it. Yeah, yeah. I guess part of my problem with that too has been I've been frightened about. Like, I guess that product thing again. I'm just thinking, oh, products. Like, what, what, what product am I going to sell as a, as a person who talks about feelings? And it's like, why don't you stop thinking about that motherfucker yeah. and, <laughs> and deliver some value first before asking for some in return? Probably you could do like, like Jim, just offer to talk, you know, like, you know, I'm not a licensed therapist, but, yeah. you know, but I want to talk about how I, you feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's just talk about how you feel and like, you know, work through it, mm. like talk through it. And maybe eventually, yeah, it becomes this, you, you charge, you charge a fee to be a retainer yeah. or, or, or you, you know, you, you pay for these coaching sessions, mm. like, or maybe eventually it's a book or yeah. let's start with the hanging out at the watering hole. Yeah. Yeah. I think at, at least one of the things that's really um, gravitated me towards this idea is that when it comes to our feelings, there isn't one answer. Like you can't go on Stack Overflow and find the one answer to 
why do I feel sad, right? Like, or why, why do I get so mad at my coworkers? Like, that doesn't, that doesn't exist. So I feel a lot more comfortable writing something where it's like, no, this is my take on it. You know, I've been, I've been through the ringer and it's like, this is, this is my take on it. I feel, yeah, it's, it's hard to debate my opinion. I don't know. It's, it seems like you're onto something. Like, like, uh, I just, I just read the book, The Pattern Seekers and it, it's written by um, Simon Baron Cohen, I think. I think that's what his name is. The actor? <laughs> uh, well, he's actually the cousin oh. of, of Borat. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Simon he's... and Sasha. <laughs> but yeah, he specializes in uh, autism, and uh, psych- he's a professor of psychology. And and yeah, the, the I mean, I'm not going to go into all the deals, details of the books, but basically... One aspect of it is that there's a there's a spectrum where people fall, and on one extreme end is you have these super empathizers, mm. like they people that have super empathy, like they can they can like sense people's emotion, or and at the other extreme you have like people that are just really they're like pattern seekers. They just they just see everything as systems mm. and sequence of if and then. Mm. And, uh, and they're usually very detached, you know, if they're at that end of the spectrum, they're very detached from empathy. Right. And it seems like, you know, developers in general are closer to that extreme than the empathy one. Mm. And just like it, I'm sure there's a lot of problem with relationships and emotions because of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, sure. They could, they could go see a therapist, but you know, there's, there's a lot of stigma about that. Mm. And, but if they could talk to a developer, <laughs> like that, that's that's different. Mm. But yeah, it seems like you you've done the thirty by five hundred. You you so you have a playbook. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I, I should try, follow it. Try it again. Yeah, yeah, try it again. Like I know I've I've tried it once the thirty by five hundred, mm. and I basically I had built this food journal and mm. uh, application one of my first startups. And then I, I was like, well, I need to find a new product, right? So I was like, well, I'm just going to hang out where nutritionists hang out. You know, maybe I can offer a service to nutritionists. Mm. And yeah, I just hung out in the forums. I would just write down all the problems that I would encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then at the end of it, like, I didn't like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I was, you know, the problems that I was finding were like, just complaining about the, the the test they have to take to become a certified nutritionist, right. or just yeah, I was just like I have zero interest in solving any of these problems, <laughs> and and then yeah, then I just gave up on the whole thirty by five hundred. Mm. Like, no, I I need I I'd much rather build stuff to scratch my own itch, mm. and then hopefully other people have that same itch, and we'll and yeah, that turned out to be the wrong way to go, also. <laughs> I went several years with creating new ideas that never went anywhere. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I guess in hindsight, what I did with Power Importer is, is a lot more like 30 by 500. Like I, I didn't do like the e-bombs or anything like that, mm. but I did hang out in a, near where no coders were hanging out. Mm. And- well, I mean, I would argue that you're like you, dropping into the webflow forums and posting something and saying oh they say oh how can i make how can i sync with the cms or how can i do x and y you going in and saying oh yeah you can do it this way and here's the exact list of steps you need or i've 
instead of being like, oh, well, I wrote a, I wrote an advanced article of how to do it. Here you go. It's like, oh, well, I actually built a product to do it. I mean, it's just yet another form of, of. Yeah, no, it's true. You're right. Marketing a product. And at the very beginning, I didn't even have a product. Like it was more like, like here, you can sign up to be a beta tester. But yeah, but that's it. I mean, that was a watering hole where I liked the problems that people had. Mm. (laughs) It was, yeah, this is fun. All the problems they're having are technical problems that need to be solved with code. It's, it's like, this is, this is perfect. Mm. I think, yeah, I'm just thinking to myself that I think a hobby that I'm missing is to just do something because it might be fun. (laughs) Like in this case, maybe I can just start writing. I can start writing and maybe it doesn't fucking go anywhere. And that's totally okay. I'm just addicted to this process of like, well, I have to write this because it has to contribute to this. And that means like, I have to see where the end is in order for me to get started in the beginning. And it's like, okay, maybe the reason that things aren't working well for you is because you're not thinking, you're, you're thinking too much. Like, just do it. Just do it and just have fun with it. Because if it's something you enjoy, then just write about it. Who cares? Yeah, I almost feel – it's funny. I almost feel embarrassed admitting that. I'm not, I'm not really sure why. Of just that, yeah, it's like I had a playbook that I that I decided to discard because I wanted to – I wanted to sell. I didn't necessarily want to write. Is writing always a prerequisite? No, of course not. But does it help? Sure. I'm sure it does. And I'm sure it helps it in a lot of indirect ways. Like we talked about that. That was a big theme at MicroConf. It's always a theme everywhere is people are always looking for that. What's that one thing that made you successful? Like, can you pin down that one thing? And it's like, well, actually, we just did hundreds of very small things. And it turned out that they all kind of worked. And I'm just like either unwilling to or something is preventing me from taking those small bites. It's like, unless I'm taking big ass bites, it's not working. Which is very on brand for me. I, I love I love to suffer. So unless I'm suffering, <laughs> it can't possibly be worth it. Um, but yeah, it's you know, take smaller bites, dude. It's okay. So what are you going to write about? I mean, the big breakthrough for me recently has been realizing that I didn't my my lack of communication when it comes to like anger has always been difficult. So like when I said it earlier, it's like I got pissed off and then I quit. It was more like. I would get mad that things would happen that I didn't like and that I felt like I didn't have any control over. And because I never voiced my opinion about it, I would just get madder and madder and more resentful and then I would quit. And then I would go to a new job and do exactly the same thing. <laughs> and it's it's funny how that these cycles emerge and we never really stop to think, why am I angry? And why is me quitting and moving to a new job the answer? And especially in engineering, you can kind of delude yourself and think, well, if I quit, I'm going to make more money. I can just trade up and find a place that where I make more money and they have to respect me more because they're paying me more, which could not be more false. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'd like to talk about that a little bit. I think that that's a very, um, I think it's a very interesting outlook. Like there, there's a, there's a guy I follow, uh, Jerry Colonna, um, I don't know that it's fair to call him a, a a therapist or a coach, but he's like a CEO. They call him the CEO whisperer. He ran a couple companies. He was a VC and he does therapy sessions with, with CEOs. He runs a podcast called the reboot show. Uh, rebooting is, a, is his coaching company and he's an author and he was a, 
<laughs> like he's huge into meditation and, and a very mindfulness. He's just an incredibly beautiful human. And one of the things he says often is, or his, his refrain is, uh, how am I complicit in creating the situations that I say I do not want? <laughs> and it's really interesting when you sit down and think like, why am I miserable? Well, if I whip myself every day <laughs> and I, I make myself miserable, that probably is why I'm miserable. And it's really interesting to state things so plainly because very, very quickly you're like, oh, actually, yeah, I am doing these very self-destructive things. It's a real eye-opener when you realize that, I mean, it's never easy. Change is never, it's never easy. It might be simple to state, but it's a, it's can be a long road to create lasting change. And uh, especially in the last year, like I feel like I've grown so much. It'd be really cool to be able to share that with other people. So it's like, how can I take that growth and and take it into small bites? But then as well, also like the problem is it's not just about what I want to say. It's also about what other people are saying. Because it's like, oh, I wish I had more respect at work. Or because like I've definitely seen that before. It's like ways to take this thing to your tech lead to make sure that your your uh, tech design gets passed. And it's like, oh, actually, talking to your tech lead is probably the thing that you need to do. It's probably not the quality of your work. Um, it's probably having a discussion about how you don't feel heard. That's probably a better use of your time. But yeah, lots of this is lots of little yeah. things. This is great. Yeah, no, I totally. I, I agree. You you could just start with writing. <laughs> And talking to people, yeah. like I think, as soon as possible, you should try to do like Jim and just offer to talk for thirty minutes to mm. complete strangers. Yeah, and uh, because yeah, like yeah, I don't know, I I totally can connect with what you're saying. Like as a developer, yeah, when I had a career, there's I'm I'm horrible with relationships because I'm too focused on the code and the engineering mm. and and yeah. Like, why? Why must I tell you what I've been working on? Who cares? You're wasting my time. Just let me code. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, to have like a developer coach, basically, mm. it, it sounds like what, what you're talking about. Like, like CEOs have executive coaches, and but developers might need just, just a coach. Yeah. Kind of, kind of like remind you that you're working with other humans and. Mm. Relationships are complicated, and and stop trolling people on hacker news. I mean, I feel like that's the <laughs> that's a gold mine of just like that's the that's the coping coping mechanism, basically. Yeah, exactly. You've had a bad day. Oh, I'm just gonna go on hacker news mm -hmm. and tell people why they suck. Oh man, well, I was reading a book recently, and they talked about how we tend to lash out at the at other people for exhibiting the things that we are insecure about. So if I'm insecure about my ability to write quality code, well, I mean, not that everyone does this, but it's a pattern that people lash out at other people's quality. And it's like, this isn't done with enough quality or, you know, whatever that means. And it's just like, oh, interesting that you would bring that up. <laughs> maybe there, maybe we should be, <laughs> maybe we should be addressing you or your issues with quality. But it, it's interesting how these things manifest, but also how we just get along in the workplace. And sometimes yeah. it works and other times it's a little dysfunctional. But that's it. If you're, if you're a developer like, and you're having issues, like who do you talk to? Like if you go try to talk to HR, they're completely useless. Like, no, no one understands you. 
No, exactly. Especially someone in HR that they, they do not understand a developer. <laughs> I well, and that's also not their job. Like, yeah, there there was a awesome tweet. I think it was last year or something, but it was how do I explain tech debt to my therapist? <laughs> exactly. <It's> just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you had, yeah, you could have a therapist, but they don't understand what it's like to be a developer. My therapist does. <laughs> I have. Oh, really? I've, I've spent. I've spent. Oh God! I just think about like because you you spend money to see them, and it's like I've spent yeah. money to teach my therapist about technical debt. <laughs> I like just to think about that. It's just like, oh God, yeah, I actually did do that, didn't I? But it's important. God damn it! It's important. He know. <laughs> Okay, I have to explain the difference between tabs and spaces. <laughs> Who do I make this check out to? God damn it. <laughs> but it's true. It, yeah, it's that idea of feeling heard. Because I definitely didn't. And who do you talk to about it? It's like, I mean, I, I, I've been through, you know, I've worked with a lot of people, a lot of different people. And I know, I don't know, like, being bitter would always be the saddest thing in the world. And I feel like, you know unresolved patterns just end up leading to bitterness how many people leave the industry every year because they're just yeah. like burnt out or they just they just don't feel like they're enough they read hacker news and everyone's using rust and they're like i'm not using <laughs> rust i must be a piece of shit yeah. i i definitely feel that way i mean so th this is turning into a therapy session but like to all that to say like i this is something that i i feel like i have a lot to share and I would like to do more writing about it. And I think lately I've been afraid or I've been hesitant to do it because I've been busy with the consulting and I've been scared to do it because I don't see what the product at the end of the road is. And I need to get over. I, I know that that's a negative cycle. I don't like uncertainty. I tend to run away from uncertainty and that's me running away from uncertainty because I don't know what the end of the road looks like. Um, right. And, but it turns out like even talking to you now, like every time I bring this up with a developer, they're like, you should absolutely be writing about this. This is great. And I get like unanimous, happy feedback from the people that I talk to about it. And yeah, the idea of a lack of product at the end of the rainbow is the part that's keeping me back. Yeah, but concentrate on what you do like. like yeah. you, you said you like the serendipity of talking to strangers. Yeah. You like writing. Focus on the thing you like. Yeah. And and yeah, just, just try to make your feedback loop smaller. Yeah. Don't don't just decide. All right, I'm I'm gonna sit down and write a book for the next twelve months. Yeah, exactly. See you in see you in a year. <laughs> exactly. Oh god. It's like no, no, no. Like start start like getting feedback now. Hmm. So if you write a blog post, well, yeah, I don't know what feedback looks like. I guess comments on Hacker News. Oh, yeah, great. <laughs> well, the nice thing is that like going back to it. Because I'm serving developers, I know where developers hang out. And it turns out they're not all just on Hacker News. There's other there's other more peaceful places. <laughs> Reddit? Other, other more peaceful places. <laughs> other, other, okay. <laughs> no, but I've got lots of ideas there. And the cool thing is that, yeah, I, I understand how I can distribute content like stuff that I have. So. Right. And cool. yeah, and I follow so many of them. Like, it's very interesting to think about, like, reaching out to other technical people and think about, like, what are you dealing with? Because we're all dealing with something. Right. That's cool. Is this something you're going to start after the vacation? Yeah. Because, like, I'll be honest. I mean, we're running a little bit long, but I've been waging a war in my mind with FBARs. And if I want to just put a bullet in it, and, like, I put a bullet in a thing that I never really tried hard to market or whatever, 
But like part of me is making excuses for like, well, you're busy with consulting and this and that and the other thing. And it's like, yeah, but you also don't know anything about this audience. And like, I'm basically contriving reasons that people would or would not use it when I haven't spoken to someone in months. Right. And I'm just thinking like, maybe I just need to clean house and feel good about the fact that I've clean house and just focus on my strengths. Like, even admitting that out loud makes me sweat. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a great learning experience. Oh right? God, like, I learned so much. Exactly. And, and you know, like even if you, if you do pull, pull the trigger and it's like, it's over, mm. I'm not pursuing this. It's, it's part of your portfolio of, of knowledge. Yeah. Like, like, cause no matter how many times people are going to tell you, you need to talk to customers before building a product, you're not going to believe them. You're going to have to. Yeah. Just like, you know, how many times my mom told me the stove was hot. I, I didn't believe her until I touched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, actually tomorrow tomorrow I'm going, I'm I'm a guest on a podcast tomorrow. Oh no way! <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And and it's actually about failure. So, oh shit! Yeah. So I don't know how much. Uh, I don't think she has enough time for me to list all the failures. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to summarize them instead. Oh, cool. Can you say which <laughs> podcast it is, or is that better kept? Yeah, sure. It's talks with Sarah Nosox. Okay. Who is she, and how did you get linked up to do this? Um, well, I've, I've been following her on Twitter for a while, mm. uh, but she was at the build squads. So that was like ah. the first time that, that we actually met. Okay. Very cool. So yeah, so it was, yeah, I, I and I also, I had heard her, heard about her the first time, I think on Corey's podcast. Okay. Like Corey's podcast about marketing. Mm -hmm. Everything is marketing. Yep. So yeah, so we'll be talking about failure. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like I've just kind of like monologued and rambled on everything I've been thinking for the last while, but I, uh, I, I think it was, it was, it's a fascinating subject. I think, uh, like not enough people talk about this stuff. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. And I'm sure our two listeners will enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much all I have. I don't know. I, <laughs> My uh, my week was just so full of consulting and other feelings that I feel like that's about all I've got. Yeah, that's good. I also don't have much more to talk about. Okay, cool. All right. Well, we'll catch up next week again, and we'll see how things are how things have progressed. Awesome. All right. Have a nice week. Yeah, you too, man.